from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. John has a new book coming out in just a couple of weeks from tomorrow. It comes out on October the 3rd. This uh, recording, as you're hearing it right now, is September the 18th. And today is the last day that you can pre-order and get the ebook early. If you order today, you'll get the ebook for free tomorrow. That's pretty cool, John. I didn't even know that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Nearly half the U.S. population reports that their lives are affected by anxiety, stress, or burnout. The book is Building a Non-Anxious Life, and he walks you through the six daily choices to recognize and break free from a life spinning out of control. The book is already a huge success, and it's not even out yet. The sales are huge because there's a problem out there that's huge. That's right. It's an absolute mess out there. It was it was good this past weekend to connect with a live audience and... Um Man, they're feeling it. Yeah. Just yeah. real regular moms and dads and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles are feeling it out there. And so, yeah, at it's the, a mess. Yeah, it's a at, mess. The, at the Smart Conference this last weekend, John did the talk Smoke, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom, which has a lot of the content of the book in it, or some of the content of the book in it. And, uh, yeah, that audience was sitting on the edge of their seats, followed by a standing ovation. So it's absolutely, uh, yeah, it, it's touching a nerve to, to say, yes, anxiety is real. Yes, there's a lot of things real in the mental health space. Uh, the uh, statistics of death and despair are huge, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet there's hope. There's, yeah, there's, and this book is a roadmap, um, and I think that's missing a lot. Um, most of the solutions are um, come pay us a whole bunch of money, and we'll, we're going to try a bunch of stuff over the next four weeks, five weeks, six months, and this is a... Um, a, a pretty consistent roadmap. It's been a, been around for a long, long, long time. I didn't invent any of this stuff. This is as ancient as as time. But um, um, it also incorporates the, the latest neuroscience, which of course that's just going to confirm what we've known for generations and generations. But it's a roadmap. It's a roadmap to completely doing life differently. Yeah, the six choices that you can make daily to um, really prepare your your life for when anxiety comes not if it comes then you can handle it and it it's not so debilitating because anxiety is not a uh, it's not a disease right think of it this way we've all agreed um that we're gonna brush our teeth twice a day so that if there comes a moment when we have really bad breath we probably have a, a tooth infection we need to go get it checked out but we're just decided to not have bad breath every day. Anxiety can be very in burnout and this just stress, stress, stress. This way we've chosen to to con- construct our lives, um, man. If you work on this stuff every day over time, it really straightens your life out. And then you know when something sideways comes, when you're about to get fired, when you lose your job, when your spouse is cheating on you, it sounds the alarms appropriately so. And then you can have a plan to to go forward there. Yeah, and what's weird is this: forty five years ago. I was in class in college, and the professor was talking about the advent of computers and how they were going to change our lives and change business. And we were taking computer classes um, with card readers. We had to type out the little cards, mm-hmm. you know, thing. I mean, that's how antiquated it was, right? But the professor said something 
that has stuck with me ever since. I, I, I don't even remember the guy's name, but I remember the statement. He said, more information is not necessarily going to be better. Man, and how, how relevant is that? How many people do we meet that, and you and I are, are in a position where people ask us, um, how many cups of coffee have you had with somebody? About 40. Just mm-hmm. make the decision, right? Yeah. Or how many times... Uh, how, how long have I spent on the computer researching workout programs? But I have I, more data. I could have just gone to work but out. But I still don't do anything with it. It's not helping. Yes. I've, got, I've got more data. I've got more connection in my hand that's not real because Facebook friends aren't real friends. Right. I've got more connection in my hand with this little magic wand I carry around than anybody in history, and yet we're the most disconnected. So more connection doesn't equal more connection. That's well, so more, strange. More communication doesn't equal more connection, right? There we go. So I can communicate with everybody all day long. But man, I need to be in a room with people. But it's low quality communication. That's right. I mean, the lowest possible quality communication would be a text. And we've heard that. We've heard the statistics. Next would be a voice. And the best quality communication is in person because you get tone, body language, eye movement. You get everything then. Mm-hmm. And you can go, oh, she's lying. Well, and we all know that <laughs> 70 to 90% of communication is nonverbal. But we took out all the nonverbal stuff, and which leaves us with you know, a sixteen-year-old that only knows how to do a breakup on a text. Dave, I had a graduate student come in one day crying and shaking, and handed me his phone, and he had just been served a di- like you're getting papers today. He got divorced via text. Oh my god! And get this: the my response is, w- w- "Are you going to talk to her? What What are you doing? Like, why are you here?" And the response was, "Well, we've got a Zoom call set up for Friday," and I said. That's. Th- th- I think I know why you're getting a divorce. I 100 know the problem. I, said, I, think, Man, I think I know why you're if getting. If this divorced. was me, I would have been on. <laughs> I would have been on a plane for on a jet plane this morning. Oh my right. gosh! And doing sitting at your kitchen table, going, "What in the?" But devil? but I can look at that kid and say he's weak, or I can also look at that kid and say, "Oh, no, he society he, he has told him a lie. He doesn't have any skills. Yeah, he doesn't have any lies. That's he, right. he told him a lie that this is that this is okay. This is the way we this do this. This is the way to have a friend as a Facebook friend. This is right. the way to do a breakup is on the text. This is the thing. So this all these things create anxiety. Is my point correct? And uh, so building a non anxious life does not mean you live in a cave and you don't embrace any technology ever. That is not what it means. But what it does mean is that you control technology instead of it controlling you. It's one of the items. That's exactly right. And you be intentional, as weird as it is and as hard as it is, you be intentional about having friends and making making connections. You be intentional about taking care of your one precious body, the only thing you got. Most of us treat our cars better than we treat our bodies. So there's several things we can do on a regular basis that over time, man, puts the fires out in our living room and then the smoke detector doesn't have to keep ringing off the wall. Mm, Yeah. When those brake pads wear out. <laughs> they tear up the rotor. <laughs> yeah, they do. Because they did the metal on metal. Yeah. yeah, I did that. I've done that too. a lot because I was too broke to replace the brake pads. So then you get to spend eight times more replacing the rotor too. You know, oh my god. Oh yeah, I do remember those days. Uh, so building a non-anxious life. If you pre-order today, you'll get seventy-five dollars in free bonus items, including instant access to the ebook, the uh, newest talk, "Smoke, Fire, and Freedom." We'll ship you the audio book and the book two weeks from today, tomorrow, on October the third. And uh, we want you to have this book, and we want you to be able to spread it around. It is an incredible, incredible work. Just go to RamseySolutions.com. Again, if you're listening to this on the 18th you're catching the of september you're catching the last possible day to get the ebook early uh we'll still give you the ebook but you'll just get it on the third when everybody else gets their stuff so that's okay but i will send it to you today if you buy it right now right now 
RamseySolutions.com. It'll come today. This is The Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie chips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Cammie is with us in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Cammie. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Hi. What's up? Uh, nothing. I am recently divorced, um, mom of two, and I just feel like I'm extremely behind financially, and I just was looking for tips and advice on how I get out of it my situation that I'm in currently. Okay. Um, what, what is his income, your ex-husband's? Um, he makes about $45 an hour, but I do not take anything from him. What I do you make? Um, I currently make $18 an hour and I'm a personal trainer, but I am only training for like, mm, like six to eight hours a week. I think we found your problem. Yeah, no, I know. I've been applying to jobs um, left and right. Um, it's just I cannot seem to find one right now. Yes, I know my issue is I don't have enough income. Um, that's something that I'm working on, but I didn't know. I don't know. I just don't know what to do. Are you only applying to be a personal trainer? No, I'm applying for all sorts of different positions, okay. um, uh, state positions, city positions, uh, random places, you know, in town. I'm applying all over the place. Okay. It's just, yeah. Why aren't you, why aren't you taking, why, why isn't he paying child support? Um, I was the one that wanted the divorce and I just. doesn't matter. State law says he pays child support. Yeah. I know. I just didn't want anything ahead of the rest of my life. And I figured that I could do it on my own and I want to be able to do it. I know that it was probably gone looking at it now, but I think that when I am finally successful and I am out of my position that I'm in currently. When I'll was the divorce more, final? Um, July of this year. How have you lived since July on eight hours a week? Um, I take I take shifts at the restaurant that I worked at. Uh, I still can't work there, but I'm not scheduled. I just take shifts as they come. He works long hours, and we split the kids 50-50. Um, but unfortunately with his work schedule, I have been the one that has had to take the kids on the nights that he has to work late. So me getting a full-time job for the longest time was out of the question because our babysitter actually got shut down for a little while, um, because she wasn't properly licensed. And so, yeah, I have just been living on tax return, um, 
tips that uh, I'm getting. The, the from problem the is the problem is is that um, these priorities have gotten all backwards on you. Okay, okay. Um, all of these things you're throwing at me uh, are solved when you tell them all to take a side seat because you have to work and you have money. And when you have money because you're working, now you find a different babysitter and you're not dealing with some jackleg who's not even licensed and gets put on the street and shuts your whole operation down. Oh, and by the way, when he calls and says he has to work, you say, well, I'm sorry, you have the kids, I'm working. I think that you don't I revolve your life around all of these other people. You set your life up and they revolve around you. Okay. That's you, what's the problem. Do you feel guilty that you filed for divorce here? Um, I don't feel guilty. No, but I just feel like anytime that the kids are not going to be properly taken care of by him, I just feel like since I was a stay at home mom for so long, that it's my, you're not a stay at home mom anymore. You made a decision to be a I career person now. That's right. And yes. what, what you're yes. trying to do is to, have it all at the same time with no pain that's what i mean you filed for divorce you left him for whatever reason you left him and you can't eat and so you're gonna have to put your ego aside and possibly go back and say hey i need some child support so our babies have groceries while i'm trying to find a job that's ego talking right now he does have to pay me um, six hundred or five hundred dollars a month for six months we're currently on month two of that um, I am getting state assistance through um, Link and medical insurance. That is not a good that. long-term plan. It's not a plan. No, it is not. No, okay. I do not. No, the plan is you plan. working 40 to 50 hours a week, making 25 yeah. or $30 an hour, and you can get back where you can eat. But you have defined good mom as being there for everyone except making money. And I'm redefining good mom as one who goes and makes some money to provide for her family because she's now a single mom. Okay. Redefine it. Okay. A good mom is one now that works 45 or 50 hours a week, and everyone else sits to the side while you do that. They fi- you figure it out because you cannot be at home with the children anymore. Right. You don't have that yeah. option. I'm sorry. I wish you could, yeah. but the decisions yeah. have been made. That is now done. Yeah. And so yeah, they, they, the they ones, are but. the best way you can be there for them is go make some money, not because money makes the world go round, but it does buy food, lights and shoes. Okay. And you're yeah. struggling to do that right now. Right. And you're scared. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a little bit, uh, yeah. scary, but I, no, it's I a lot. Yeah. I lived on my own for a little bit while I was working full time before the daycare got shut down. And then my, place was infested with mold so I had to move out and I'm currently living with my parents and um I do sell beef um I raise cattle on the side so I Cammy Cammy yes you need a job sorry you need a job I know no quit explaining to me all the reasons you don't okay yeah no I'm not okay beef and beef and picking up shifts and working around the unlicensed daycare and working around the husband who ex-husband who still tells you when to jump and you jump uh, all of this is a are are not good enough reasons you have got to get back to full-time employment for the good of your children your sanity yeah yeah you don't have a choice and once you decide that then the mold and the unlicensed daycare all these other things start to move away when you add three thousand dollars a month to this equation it changes the equation because money what it does is it gives you options it gives you power 
It's not the money itself that matters. And I'm not all about money. Dave Ramsey's all about money. Single mom called and he's all about money. No, I want her to feed her dadgum kids right. and get the stress off of her because she's scared to death. But your, your, your head's spinning, and all you can do is just go into this kaleidoscope of reasons and excuses rather than going and doing it. And you have got to go do it, girl. And this is not the time, Dave. It's not the season for follow your dreams. No. And I'm going to start the dream job, and I'll show them. This is not that time. No, 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 no. We this need is to eat. anyone who will hire you. i got to get a job that I can make the most money and be the most impactful. And by the way, often when families get divorced – Mom and dad think the greatest thing they can do for the kids is FaceTime. Let me tell you, the greatest gift you can give your kids is a present, stable, non-anxious mom and dad. And that means you got to be able to pay your bills. you got to be able to eat. If you're worried about your kids eating while you're sitting on the floor playing with them, they're going to feel that tension and they're going to absorb it and they're going to make it their fault. Yeah. Exactly. You can't do that to your kids. Exactly. And you can't so, do that to your kids. Yeah. We, we can't, you know. The best thing you can do for you and them is is go make a little money right now. You don't need to go make three hundred thousand a year, but you do need to go make fifty right now, right now. And and there's people doing that. And so, um, and so, I hang on. We're going to give you a copy of Ken Coleman's book, From Paycheck to Purpose, and his other book, The Proximity Principle. And as soon as they hit your mailbox, I want you to sit down and read them and turn the stupid television off. You don't need to have a TV on in your house at all right now. Yeah. Turn it's, it off. It's just you need to be reading these two books, and you need to be working. Call a local school. There's, people are so desperate for teachers right now. You've been a teacher as a trainer. Start thinking outside the box a little bit, but call local schools and see if you can get in as a, as a teacher. Yeah, anything. I mean, Target's hiring, UPS, we're coming into Christmas. Every retail out there is hiring at $25 an hour right now. They can't get people. And so you can get the hours and you can get the dollars coming in. And, but some of these people are just going to have to line up in your life and stand to the side instead of you being the one that stands to the side every time. That was the moral of the story we heard when you called us, Cammy. So we love you and we want you to win, kiddo, and understand why you're scared. But the chaos leaves when you rise up above it and start telling everybody where to dance instead of being the one told when to dance. This is The Ramsey Show. If current times have shown us anything, it's that the least expected events can and will happen, and we have to deal with it. That's why everyone who has a family counting on them needs term life insurance. For over 25 years, the only insurance company I've recommended is Xander Insurance. Not only because they search all of the top term life plans to find you the best rates, but over the years, they have constantly changed and updated their systems to make the whole process simpler and easier to get the protection needed. You can now apply with a completely touchless experience with everything being done either over the phone or the Internet. They also have plans with super competitive rates that don't require an exam, allowing you to skip a step and get the coverage you need faster. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. Great rates and a simple process mean there's no excuse to not get this done, people. Justin's in Houston, Texas. Justin, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, Dave. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I was wondering about um, taking a loan out for home repairs uh, for the end goal being to sell the home and I, I know that uh, that is is bad but uh, uh, the situation is that 
I have uh, two elderly relatives with uh, um, a fixed income, and uh, the houses that they have, uh, fortunately, are completely paid off. The issue is that they they have like uh, significant uh, damages to the foundation, to their walls, a lot of it. Uh, they're safe to live in, um, but I was thinking perhaps if there's some uh, if an equity loan could be taken out against it in order to fix those significant issues and then sell off those houses so that they can eventually live in like a, a smaller place like a condominium or, or a townhouse where uh, they wouldn't be burdened by the property taxes that these houses are in, um, um, if that would be acceptable, in your opinion? I would not do that, no. Because as always with a story with debt, your story only works if it works. But I've been there when it doesn't work. Like when these people with hardly any income have a home equity loan, the house won't sell, and the interest rates go through the roof. Did you notice interest rates have been rising? And now they're sitting there trapped. Oh, now they get foreclosed on. That's the people I've met. So the debt plan only works when it works, and it hardly ever works because life hardly ever works exactly the way you map it out in your head. So, yeah, if everything worked exactly like you said, would that work? Yeah, it would work, but it doesn't. It's not how life works. The contractor screws them doing the basement repairs. Uh, Now they've got all the debt, and the repairs still aren't quite done, but they borrowed all they can borrow. Now they're trapped with a partially completed construction project. Oh, and then the interest rates go up, and then one of them falls ill. Yeah, this is this is this is how real life unfolds here. So why wouldn't you just sell the houses outright right yeah. now, as is, as is, and get the cash? Well, uh, my concern is that the damage are such that uh, that the amount that the houses would sell for would be significant less than they, they could potentially get. Yeah, well, that's true. And, uh, but they're not in the real estate investment business. They're in the broke old people business. Yes, that's correct. And and that was like in my my ideal vision is that they could get as much money for their houses to be able to sustain uh, their retirement. They're in their eighties. Um, do, do you have any so money? Uh, I I do, but uh, not how much money do you have? Um, I have around, my wife and I have around 98K in our uh, retirement accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and, in, in, um, yeah, that's, and we we have no debt. We've been very so, blessed. So you don't, you don't have the money to give them for this, do you? No, sir. Okay. You are a kind person, Justin, trying to do something good for your grandma, grandpa, or your uncle or aunt or whoever it is. And, um, but you're getting ready to create a bigger mess because you don't see all the unintended things that could come about here that actually likely are more likely than the, um, scenario that you've laid out in your head. That's what I'm trying to describe to you. So, yeah, I I would get with, uh, go to Ramsey solutions and click on Ramsey trusted for real estate and get an agent to come over there and tell them, Hey, help me with this. Cause I don't want these people to have to give these houses away, but they simply don't have the money to fix them. And how can we get an investor in here to give top dollar as is, as John was suggesting? Because that's where this needs to go, man. I mean, my grandparents did the exact thing we're talking about here. The neighborhood they they were in 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 the same city there in Houston was starting to be gentrified. And they had some major work that needed to be done on the foundation, some major work needed to be done on the driveway. And they just sold the house. 
Guy came up and wrote him a check in the driveway, handed him a check for the. I mean, it was it was transaction. Yeah, and could no, that's have, not it's not as much as if it had been fixed up. That's right. That's what his point is, and he's and right also, about that. But we're not in the house flipping business. That's here. right. That's right. That wasn't their that wasn't their game to play, and they may have had to go to a different nursing home or whatever. But they did. They. I mean, it's just not the business we're in. Yeah. Broke seventy year olds don't do rehabs for flips. That's what it amounts to, especially and on margin. Especially, it's especially when you're borrowing a home equity loan on a paid for house. It's just, um, and that's that's being cold. But really, this is the the actual fact of what we're facing now. How do we deal? How do we walk through it? Yeah. Well, um, uh, the, the so I don't want them to have to sell their house so cheap. That decision was made years ago when they didn't bother to keep the maintenance up. Now we're just having to execute the decision. That's when they gave up that equity was when they didn't do the maintenance years ago and they didn't take care of their money so that they could. But they chose to buy a couple of houses. Which is very sad. Instead of fixing up the one. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, get get with a Ramsey um, trusted real estate agent there. There's a bunch of really good ones in Houston. Somebody will help you try to get this and try to help get these folks out of this because bless their hearts. They're they're in a mess of their own making, but they're in a mess. And we don't want to make the mess bigger, which is what debt does. So, yeah, the, um, the, you know, I, I actually, a hundred years ago, it feels like now I was in a, a Bible study and from a Christian or a spiritual perspective or a biblical perspective, when you, this guy was pointing out, and it's not words we use anymore because it's so long ago, but he said, when you borrow, you are presuming. And there's all kinds of scriptures against presuming. Presumption, yeah. Don't presume, yeah. you know, that, that the Lord, don't presume upon something you can't control as, as like the future, you know, because who, who the crud knows you're going to have a Fauci quarantine. I mean, who the crud knows, you know, uh, apparently Fauci did, but the rest of us didn't. <laughs> right, so, right. I mean, it's just like, wow. So this and, is, and, 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 Hey, I grew up in the house of somebody who worked at Enron. Don't tell me, no, my business is secure. No, my company is doing great. Um, like it just, it's, it's life. We wouldn't have jobs if, if life didn't turn that way, man. Yeah. If it turned out the way you thought it was going to turn out every time. No, nobody would be calling. <laughs> and if you if you want to count on one thing over the next twenty four months while we uh, go through the presidential cycle again, it's going to get chaotic out there. So Can I wouldn't borrow. Imagine, Tammy is in Austin, Texas. Hey, Tammy, what's up? Hey, Dave, how are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? <laughs> so I'm calling in. Um, uh, my question is: Should I pay for my daughter's out of state tuition based on my current financial situation age no, no. and retirement no <laughs> okay. i had all kinds no. of money and i refused to pay out-of-state tuition because there's absolutely okay. no value add for it okay if you go to auburn university versus going to the university of tennessee you know what the difference is in your education none none and you yeah. pay five times more you know what the difference is yeah. you go to alabama versus university of tennessee alabama wins at football that's it that's the only difference <laughs> they used to <laughs> until lately but yeah you know what i'm saying i mean it doesn't matter it's nothing the number of people that we right. didn't hire here because they went to in-state versus out-of-state is zero in a thousand okay. employees all right it's a hard no okay yeah it's a hard no it's no value for it why would she do that okay well you know friends that ah. wants to go green school yeah. all of this and i'm sitting here like do i give this to her do no. i make this happen like you know you feel guilty like i don't feel guilty my kids got you know my kids had like an extra fifty thousand dollars in a mutual fund that was in their name Uh when they graduated 
because I didn't that's allow them to spend it on out-of-state tuition. That's what I would rather do. Is, yeah. Well, it's my money, so I did, yeah, I did what I wanted to do. You're the mama. You get to do what you do. Yeah. You know, right. Hey, and by the way, there, the whole ecosystem, <laughs> here's how the game works, because I've been on the inside. Mm-hmm. Let's make this kid believe that this is the one. This, right. They use the same language that the kids are taught to find the one, that one person, that Romeo and Juliet, um, like there's one person cruising the world. God, find get, the God one. got me into the school. Yeah. No, no he so didn't. They re- hey, we saw you, 17-year-old, and we picked you, university to fill in the blank. And then they you leverage that to make you feel bad about it, mom and dad. And then you write these checks that you, you know why you're writing them. This is stupid. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't we, do it. we have a, a local private school called Brentwood Academy, BA. Mm-hmm. Stands for Before Auburn. Because <laughs> they all go across the line to Auburn for no apparent reason. That's what we call it, Before Auburn. Before Auburn. Yeah. So And after Auburn. Why? Because they all follow their friends. And their brothers and sisters. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Just to be clear, we are not against higher education. We're not even against Auburn, um, although we used them as an example there. <laughs> I but, love Auburn. Um, They're great. Picking on them. But the, uh, we, I'm, I, I, I see absolutely... No logical reason that presents itself with a return on investment for why you would pay $25,000 to go to basically the same school that you could go to for 10 And it makes no sense at all. And I can go a step further and say those schools that are, quote, famous, unquote, that supposedly afford you a, quote, better education, unquote, several of the people that graduated from there work for me. And I went to the University of Tennessee. So kind of mic drops on that. Uh, that's how it works. So, you know, the question is not – the what you're after here is not a degree from a fancy-pantsy place that guarantees your success. What you're after is a degree that indicates that you got knowledge. Knowledge is the currency, not the degree. Knowledge is the door opener, not the degree. Knowledge causes you to win in the marketplace – not the degree. And if you get knowledge about something that no one gives a crap about, you become a barista. So you get a degree in left-handed puppetry, then you are waiting tables or some nuanced bull crap that somebody talked you into that has nothing to do with anything in the real world. Then your knowledge base that you paid for, it has no market for it. You need to get knowledge that has a market. Probably one of the best bangs for your buck, if you're so inclined. I'm not, because my brain doesn't work this way. 
But if I was a, a bit more of a detail person, which would be like any more possible, any, any detail at all would be more than I am. But if I was a, a detail person, I would go to code school for $10,000 and go make $250,000 coding. I mean, I would become one of the top program programmers in the world and go make, you know, 250, 300,000 bucks coding. And you can get that for 10 grand. Uh, um, in my case, I probably would end up, you know, getting a welding certificate from the trade school because i like that kind of stuff but uh and you can make hundred thousand dollars doing that so we're not against higher education we're against paying for stupid things that have nothing to do with furthering your life and that is the name of the college that you went to and that is a a degree that is useless yeah and um man there's so much to be said there i just ask yourself what you're looking to do not um don't ask a 17-year-old or 18-year-old, I think, a very unfair question, which is, what is your passion? Um, or where are your friends going? Yeah, yeah. What's right for you and your family? What's right for where you think you're going to be in a couple of years? Um, what are you interested in right now? And um, and if coding's not for you, then you can never go wrong learning how to write real well because it helps you think. Are you If you're really into math, um, go get a degree in business. There's just so many opportunities that you can get a broad base so you can walk in any industry and be, a, be of service to those folks. Add knowledge. Add knowledge. Add yeah. knowledge. And keep adding knowledge. And relationships. Keep adding things. knowledge. Yeah, keep yeah. reading a book. Read a nonfiction book this year. Hello. A bunch. You know? A bunch of them. Don't, I mean, if, you're, if your entire repertoire is Tiger King, you're screwed. <laughs> I mean, you really should learn something of value that you can use in the marketplace. And, uh, so that, that, this is very important. And I'll tell you, there's one thing worse than your kid going to school where all their friends are going. It's if they go where their boyfriend or girlfriend is going. <laughs> Why is that? Well, if you follow if the reason I'm going to this school is my boyfriend or girlfriend is going there. Yeah. If that's your reason for picking that school about a hundred percent of the time approaching a hundred percent, that's, that deal's not going to last. So I may have done that, Dave. You might, and you, you might have. It might have worked for you. We broke up two days into school. No, <laughs> I did that. I met somebody over the summer. Completely, I threw away a hundred percent full ride scholarship to one college. Went to another school because she was the one in my eighteen year old mind, and we lasted forty eight hours. Wow! But I met my current wife, so it worked out. Wow! And what you got for that forgiven scholarship is one story to tell in front of 25 million people. I right don't now. tell that story very often. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't have admitted it ever. That one goes in the old back pocket. <laughs> that one goes in the back pocket. A full ride scholarship. I still take, I had several and I took, uh, dude, oh my God. I still ask my mom, like, how did, how did y'all let me in there? Like, I don't know, man. We couldn't stop you. It was, there was no stopping you. I mean, they, they stopped me doing other stuff, but I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, the Ramsey Show question of the day, sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Most home American homes have dozens of appliances. Chances are, at any given time, something wrong with at least one of them. Mr. Appliance, a Neighborly brand, offers expert appliance service to your schedule. Visit Neighborly.com today and find home service experts, including Mr. Appliance, in your area. Today's question comes from Andrew in Nevada. Hey, guys, I love listening to your show, and it's helped me give me a lot of comfort in my life. I've heard Dave says he gives a 10% tithe, and I do as well and believe the same. My question is, would there ever be a time when you wouldn't tithe in order to get yourself out of a bad financial situation? I was in a situation where it was hard to tithe, and I'm just curious as to what thoughts you guys have. I realize this is probably more of a spiritual question than a money question. Um, what do you think? 
Uh, I'm 100% sure that your tithe has nothing to do with your salvation. I'm 100% sure from Scripture that God loves you if you tithe or if you don't tithe exactly the same. He's wildly crazy about you. The purpose of the tithe is not to get a Boy Scout badge in heaven. That's not the purpose of the tithe. Your father, who's crazy about you, says, son, the best way to live your life is give a tenth of your income off the top before you do anything. And I'll love you anyway, whether you do that or not. Your father says stay out of debt because the borrower is slave to the lender. Your father says don't build a tower without first counting the cost lest you get halfway up and you're unable to finish. And all who see you begin to mock you. And this man began to build and was unable to finish. That's Jesus' words saying do a budget. Don't build without a plan. Don't build without a plan. This is your father. None of these things affect his love for you or your salvation. So tithe or don't tithe. God still loves you. Now, if my dad, who's crazy about me and knows more than me, says, tithe, I tithe. But it has nothing to do with earning anything. The, my grace is taken care of. It's substantial. It's substantial. It's taken care of. So, you know. It's way more I, grace I than I, I need. To answer your question, I tithed all the way into bankruptcy court and all the way out, but it had nothing to do with I was scared of God. It had nothing to do with I was trying to earn his favor. It had to do with apparently you can live on 90% of whatever. If you're not making much and you're having a hard time, it's not, it's 10% of not much. And yeah. so I did, I tied all the way in all the way out. And it wasn't because I'm a legalist and it wasn't because of that. It was because I, I think it's the best way to live. Just like I think staying out of debt's the best way to live. Yeah, I, I like to look at some of these um, quote-unquote rules, these scriptural rules as they're not. This is the best way to live your life. They're not rules. It's a gift. It's they're the best principles. way. Exactly. So um, there's something about giving. There's something about a spirit of gratitude that keeps your he- your eyes out of your navel and helps you look up and see your neighbor. It, it just changes the way you, you work your way through life. And there's something about meeting people eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, um, that changes the way you your heart beats. And so I think this is much less, a, 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 it is a spiritual question more than a money question, but it's actually a physiological question. It's a relationship question. It's a way to do life. It's a way yeah. to do life. And and your father, who is the great I am, who's standing there five years from now, knows where you're going to be. And he was standing there five years ago and knows where you came from at the same time, not bound by time, is, is saying, son, best way to live. Yeah. And so I'm, it's, for me, it's just like, it's, a, it's an act of faith at that point faith in in that but it's not but if someone says uh you can't you're, you can't be blessed because god because you're not tithing not true yeah not true at all not true can't find it in scripture oh you can find scripture taking out of context point to that but um you, god is not god does not need your money he's god if he wanted your money he'd take it and there'll be a greasy spot where you're sitting <laughs> he's god he doesn't need your money but he wants you to win he wants you to have an abundant life This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author and author of the brand new book coming out in two weeks, Building a Non-Anxious Life, is my co-host today. 
Thanks for joining us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Peter is with us in Miami, Florida. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thank you. Thank you. How can we help? So uh, I'm wondering what role you think I should play in helping my financially irresponsible mother. Mm. You know, one of the things that it's weird about that question uh, for a lot of us is when we face that is it seems like money is in a different category than other misbehavior. Mm -hmm. If you changed out her misbehavior for something else, a different kind of misbehavior or irresponsibility, um, what would the, how would the answer change? It, It shouldn't really should it, it ought to be the same answer. So in other words, if we wanted to go extreme and say, how do I help my mom who's addicted to cocaine? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it wouldn't be give her more. Right. It would be help her break the habit and transform her life. That's help. Help is not doing more of the bad thing. Help is correcting the behaviors. So, and of course, the person that involves the person on the other end wanting the help. Yeah, that's I usually run into. Yeah. Parents don't want your help; they want your solution. Right. Yeah, I would. She 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 just has no issues. Uh, you know, coming to me again and again and again and again, and a nibble here and a bite here, and you know, I I, I know that the big bite is coming. But hold on, but I hold on, hold on. The- Why wouldn't she come to you? Because you give it to her every time. <clears throat> right, I know. And so at this point, I don't even blame you're, her. You're anymore. a dependable enabler. Yeah, I don't even blame her anymore. I am, I am, and you know, it's it's the, the nibbles I don't mind, and I know that this is about the bad thing to say, but that's what got her to the bite. And, you know, next thing I know, she's telling me that she rents, she rents her house because she's been bankrupt, et cetera. So she can't get a mortgage and she can't frankly afford a mortgage down here anymore. Um, so she came to me because she needed money for movers. She needed money for her security deposit her first month, last month, which I did all of that. Uh, and then I sort of dug into her finances and realized that you can't even afford this rent. So I tried to get ahead of that. And fortunately, I'm doing very well for myself and my family, but I'm doing well for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. And I've got two young children and a wife and a mortgage and a business to run. Um, so I, I just so, I, I tried uh, to get hey, ahead Peter, of it. How long, how long has this been going on? Oh, I mean, her financially responsibility. No, you giving her money. On. You giving her money. How long has that been going on? Uh, probably five, six, seven years. How old is she? About 73. Oh, wow. And she's stone broke. Yeah, and recently widowed, which only, you know, made me softer. My, my, my stepfather passed two years ago, three years ago. Mm-hmm. So obviously that I was trying to and, help. And, and what her. do you make? Uh, family household income is probably three quarters of a million. Okay. And, um, so it's not a matter of you can't or can, you can mathematically. Yeah. It's a matter of what's good for her. She's 73. She's probably not very employable. Um, I guess she has social security. She does have a job. I'm sorry. She does have a full-time job. She does have a full-time job. Okay. I retract that statement. What does she do? Uh, she's a uh, customer service, and she has been for about 20 years at the same job. But, you know, d- she's one fall away from mm-hmm. yeah. not being able to work anymore. Yeah. Okay. So 
I'll tell you the financial answer, and I'll let John tell you the psychological answer, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the financial answer, if I'm in your shoes, is I'm going to sit down with her and say, Mom, you have this coming in from your Social Security. You have this coming in from your job, and these are your bills. Let's do a, let's do a budget together, and um, you can make your bills, or you're within $400 of making your bills or whatever it is, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I am not going to write checks just from today on without us having a sense of control over what's going on here. So I'll help you and coach you with your money, but um, it looks to me like you have enough to live on. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you and coach you live on that. Or right. if you don't have enough to live on, I'm going to give you $2,000 a month so that you have enough to live on. It's 24000 out of 750000 You can afford it. But you say, this is what we're doing. But then there, she needs to um, just it, – it, it's you're becoming bitter, and I would too, yes. because you feel like an ATM machine. Exactly. And, and, and then there's exactly. an entitlement that goes with this on her end. And so I would shut all of that down and just say, okay, this is a system, and we're going to live by this system – and uh, draw some boundaries. And mom, if you don't want to do that, what I'm if you don't want to live on the budget that you and I put together and that I check on you to make sure you're living on that budget, then um, then I'm not going to help you anymore. And you're going to have okay. to f- just figure it out because it's not good for you what I've been doing. And I'm sorry I've let you down. John, what would you do? Yeah, I wonder if you're more frustrated with yourself than with her right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, it's just <clears throat> every time I try to get ahead of it, you know, for example, when, when she was looking at this rent, um, I said, you know what, I'm just going to buy her an apartment and then she can just pay me, you know, what she can afford. I, I was going to buy her an apartment outright and I was scrambling because she was looking for a rental that she couldn't afford. None of these places could she afford because we kind of not a deep dive, but we looked at her finances. And then I realized, okay, it's, this is just easier for me to buy an apartment. At least then I can consider it a quote unquote investment of some sort. Um, and I presented her with it and she said, no, I don't want to live there. I'm just going to rent this other place. And that hold on. And that's where you who are clearly a special businessman to be able to make the money you make, you're clearly very, very smart. And I would be willing to bet nobody in your, in your sphere blows past you like that but she does right and i don't want you to consider um sitting down at the table and saying i'm looking that you at at the fact that you may be around until you're 93 20 more years Mm -hmm. we have to put some things in concrete right now i want you to tattoo this phrase on the middle of your forehead choose guilt over resentment every time because right now you're backing yourself into a corner because you won't set boundaries and you're beginning every time your mom calls you get angry yes and your mom quite frankly deserves better than that and that means you have to set the boundaries up and then she as a 73 year old adult can say I hate you you don't even love me and you walk away she's a grown up and she gets to do that I would hate that but she gets to do that your job is to create boundaries that are sustainable for 20 years from this point forward and by the way sit with your wife and y'all decide what y'all are going to do to help her um, before you sit down with your with your mom. Yeah, how much you're willing to do. But the unlimited thread being pulled on the sweater is killing both of you. Yeah. You got to cut it. This-
Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Open phones this hour at 888-825-5225. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Dr. John, the... um. I, I don't really have a good exact checklist or anything, but just general observation over 30 years of doing this on the air and working with people. Um, one of the, I'll just make it up, top five pain points that people have with money is um, how to properly be compassionate, kind, loving, to uh, extended family, grown children that have problems. How do we, you know, children that are out of the house or that should be out of the house, uh, parents, brother, sister, uh, extended family, uh, that, that we see that they have a need or they bring us a need, either one, and then how to appropriately deal with that. The whole issue of boundaries, Dr. Henry Cloud sold 10 million boundaries books off of that concept. But the whole, our, our buddy Henry, but the, uh, uh, the, the, that whole issue is, you know, mathematically it probably causes almost as much disruption in someone's wealth-building journey as anything else. Mm. Keeps you from becoming wealthy. And is it the lack of, when I don't f- fully understand, understand what my values are around money when i fully don't understand my own footing is that where the is that where the challenges come from i they don't know they don't want, want the family members to be in mad my at mind it's reduced simply to we don't know how to establish proper boundaries mm. and a, a boundary can be that i agree to help somebody a boundary can be i agree to i, I decided i'm going to say no but we don't have that that part of our compass is as it's as toxic as some families are but it's like that last caller gets mad that somebody keeps coming in his space but he's never done the work to define his space exactly and exactly. so you have to do the hard work and say this is for me and my house this is what we make this is what we have this is what we can do and then ask would we do that and why and those are questions that people don't like to ask well but i mean when when you're uh there's, there's a book called uh, glass castle uh, that is a, a lady that was a MSNBC reporter, um, very well known. And she was raised in an extremely weird, toxic, dysfunctional family. Both of her parents, as she's an adult, were living on the street in New York while she was working at MSNBC. Wow. They were homeless. Wow. They chose. Mm. They, but they were kooky. Mm. But, um, I mean, it's it's a great read yeah. just because it's like, oh, just in case you thought your family was crazy, you know, thing. But the uh, – uh, but yeah, but the uh, you know she felt helpless to fix them, mm. but they chose homelessness in that case. Um, you can't make these adults behave. 
the only thing you can control is your space. And that's so hard for people. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. But like that last caller, there has, there, there I, I guess let's, let's say it this way. There will be a confrontation. Yep. That will happen. And the earlier you can have it, the, the, the lower it tends to be. And so in that last situation where he's thinking, I'm just going to buy her an apartment. I found one that I can afford. I'll write a check for it and call it good. And she said, I'm not living there. That's when the conversation happens. Then I'm not putting a penny towards the choices you're choosing to make. Yeah. You can, you can figure it out. I'm not doing that. This is open invitation for you right here. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard conversation. But she has no motivation to even not live where she wants to because she knows he's just going to give me the money. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's the same way with kids, the same way with neighbors, the same way with family members. But there's a uh, – Cloud talks about, and I guess it was the first chapter maybe even of that book, um, that when you set a boundary with someone who doesn't respect boundaries – 100% of the time, you can expect a negative reaction. Always. Pouting, guilt-tripping, anger. None of them go, oh, well, I never thought of it that way. I'm so sorry. And think of it like you built a fence and your neighbor's throwing rocks at it, hitting it with sticks. Everyone's going to use the tools that they have to try to get you to open the gate up. And don't. Yeah. And this that's is, hard. This it's is hard. the boundary. But, man, it is really... It's hard. It causes more heartache... Uh, and literally then does end up driving a wedge between a husband and wife because one of them's helping the other ones. Uh, I'm, I'm choosing my, uh, my crazy brother who won't get a job over my wife's wishes, you know, and that drives a wedge in their marriage, and it just it slows down wealth building. And it's not to say you can't help extended family or you shouldn't help, but this idea that we're morally obligated to meet their every wish just because they hit the DNA lottery and happen to be kin to us. I think it's, the, I think it's something else. Okay. I actually think um, if, you, if you flip this conversation on its head, we use our family members to help us feel better about ourselves. I don't want to be uncomfortable that my mom is in position X or Y, so I'm just going to do whatever. Mm. And when you do that, you're actually consuming her. You're using her to make you feel better. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to sit in the discomfort so that we're all better 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, it's like going to the gym and taking all the weights off the bar. That that sure makes the workout easier, but ain't nobody getting any stronger. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to use my 14-year-old mm-hmm. and her approval to make me feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have the hard conversation so you can't talk like that in this home. And it's really, when you say choose guilt over resentment, it's also you could be choosing their anger over resentment. Yeah, of course. You could be choosing their disapproval over resentment. They're ugly, you could be choosing whatever, whatever way they choose to hit back mm-hmm. when you draw a boundary um, over resentment. Right. Because you're going to be resentful if you remain in the enabler seat. Right. And your spouse is going to be 10x as resentful as you are if you remain in the enabler seat. And in a less caustic situation, let's say my mom calls and says, or sends an email and says, we want you all to come to Christmas. A whole family's coming. We're really expecting you all to be there. And we can't travel this year. Or we're, our family's exhausted. We don't have the money, whatever. I can say yes. And the whole time I'm driving there, I'm going to be mad at her. The whole time I'm sitting at the meal, I'm going to be mad. It's not fair to her. It's fair to her to say, we're not coming. We're unable to make that trip this year. We're not going to be able to do it. 
And then she gets to be an adult and do whatever reactions on the back end of that she wants to do. But the fair thing is I'm not going to spend a weekend not liking my mom. Mm -hmm. I'd rather feel guilt. I'd rather listen to her responses than to sit there and smolder the whole weekend. And by the way, your kids learn how to treat in-laws when you do that or your mother when you do that. You're modeling to everybody how to live. I'm just not going to do that anymore. No. I'm gonna set the boundaries and they're gonna be hard and I have to be in a position to let other adults walk away if they don't approve or like my boundaries on something. You know, I think Sharon and I went to the extreme other end on that. We may have messed up the other way. What's that? Um we don't put any expectations on our kids <laughs> for the holidays. <laughs> and uh, and we have fallen in love with our in laws. So Winston's mom and dad, I mean Winston's going on a, dad's going on a hunting trip with me in two weeks. Yeah. You know, without Winston yeah. and without my son, you know, and because Buddy and I like each other, you know, and so Buddy and Helen and Dave and Sharon do stuff. Same, same with uh, Bill's parents, same with Allison's parents. So the in-laws were actually friends with them and we made that an intentional act. That's cool. But they're also cool people. That's cool. And, uh, you know, we'll travel together. I mean, Buddy's gone, you know, we've gone to Mexico together, done other stuff. And so that's cool that we've gone on golfing trips with all of us, all the guys, all three, all three grandpas. That's you know, pretty cool. That's yeah. fun. So, uh, you know, we'll do that kind of stuff, but we intend it. And then when Thanksgiving comes up and the kids go, ah, we're going to Kansas City to Allison's parents. Good. Yeah. You should. Knock it out. Should. And um, then we'll just figure it out. We see you all the time, by the way. They're all here. They're, here, they're so, all here in Nashville. Know. So, yeah. So we got, we got it made in that regard. But it doesn't, it's not like we're perfect or something, but we just went to the extreme of full release. Yeah. And, and, and the happiness, the, the secret to happiness is low expectations. Hello. <laughs> but there's a strange phenomenon, Dave, that when you fully release it, it tends to come back. It tends to come back. But it works out. It does. It works out because, again, it's it just if you don't have these expectations, you don't stay screwed up and torqued out all the time. That's right. And that's the same true of somebody else's money. And then people want to be around you when you're not torqued out all the time. It just tends to work that way. Yeah, and again, that's a type of boundary situation. So that's it's very interesting discussion. It's something I've observed here for 30 years. So setting boundaries with the extended family on money. If you own a gun like I do, you have to know the best ways to keep yourself and your loved ones safe responsibly, which is why the U.S. Concealed Carry Association is giving away their complete concealed carry and family defense guide 100% free. The USCCA gives away resources like this to responsibly armed Americans because they believe you should have everything you need to be ready for the mental, physical, legal, and financial effects of self-defense. This is a company I trust, and this is material you can't afford to be without. So get your free family defense guide at uscca.com Ramsey right now. That's uscca.com slash Ramsey. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Rick is in Boston. Hi, Rick. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Well, 65 years old um, and wondering if I'll be able to retire at 72 and be okay with my current situation. Okay. What's your current situation? Okay, well, um, I'm uh, very healthy and very well in shape. I have a great job. I plan on continuing to work. Um, I still owe 136000 on my home. Mm-hmm. I would like to have that paid off by the time I 
do my retirement at 72. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a truck, um, 30,000 on the truck. Mm-hmm. And um, in March of this year, I installed solar on my, my roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sorry I did that. Uh, that was a $22,000. I bought it outright, $22,000 loan. Um, I'm sorry, you, currently you, is it a loan or did you buy it? Uh, well, it's it's through a, uh, um, I took out a solar loan. So it's a, a loan. Um, okay, so you're $22,000 in debt on solar. What else? Correct. Uh, 18 left on that, by the way. Okay. Um, trying, to pay, trying to pay that off. I have not yet received my federal uh, percentage my te- for taxes next year, but that's going on there. So that'll be down to like nine grand probably in March of next year. Um, I have 110 401k. I have 5,000 emergency and I have zero credit card debt. I do. What do you make? A hundred grand a year. Okay. I pay alimony approximately um, just about 10,000 a year. I have till November of 24. Okay. What I would do if I were in your shoes is I would get these two debts paid off immediately. And I would the stop. Add, I would solar? stop adding to your four hundred one k temporarily, and I want you. Uh, I want the truck and the solar paid off inside of twelve months. Really, beans and rice, rice and beans. You have no life until you get that done. That is that is yep. job one. It's an emergency. Or sell the stupid okay. truck. One of the two. Well, I can't. That's you know, my only vehicle. Well, you could get um, another vehicle. You don't need a thirty thousand dollar one. But uh, yeah. yes, you can. Well, so. actually, it's it's a sixty thousand dollar truck. I only owe thirty grand on it. I oh, had, good. Uh, then you can sell it and get a thirty thousand dollar car. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, I'd yeah. sell it right now, um, buy a ten thousand dollar car, and pay that other debt off too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because you don't have any money. So, yeah. Well, you're sixty five years old and I you're don't. broke. Yeah. Um, so here's here's I had a plan. Let me let me tell you what my plan was. You tell me if you think this is work uh, if this is good or not. I now totally listen to you guys. Um, in in fourteen in fourteen months, um, my alimony payment stopped. So that's another ten grand that I have that I was thinking about um, putting back into my four hundred one k and trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to be hit my full retirement age, so I can start taking my social security, which is about $3,200 a month. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try and pay off the loans with that, the mm-hmm. house and the truck. Well, the solar by then, but the solar, I'm not really worried about because I've been making a lot of payments on that and that'll be just about gone. Um, but between the house and the truck, I, with my, you know, and continue to work, mm-hmm. um, I thought maybe, cause you know, what do you figure? 30, 3,200 a month in, um, social security. Yeah, um, you're about five hundred or six hundred thousand dollars behind. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and so um, no, I think your plan's too slow. I would get more radical if I was in your shoes. Uh, okay. I would get a thirty thousand dollar truck. I would sell this one or, or a ten thousand dollar truck, and I pay off the stuff by Christmas. I'd be debt free, other than the house uh, and every dollar I can squeeze out. I'm, I'm then going to start putting fifteen percent of my income into retirement and everything else towards this house, and I want the house paid off in like three years not in okay. seven years. And then I want you right. just loading up 401ks and Roth IRAs and anything else you can load up in good mutual funds. Then you will end up with about four or $500,000 in a paid for house at 72. The track you're on right now, you're going to end up with about $250,000 in a paid for house at 72. 
And that, that there's about a $250,000 swing in what you're planning to do and what I'm teaching you. But I'm teaching you some sacrifice you don't really want to do. And you got to quit saying crap like the cellular was a good idea. It wasn't a good idea. Broke people don't spend $22,000 on cellular. Solar. Solar, whatever it is, yeah. And you got to quit borrowing money. Don't buy cellular either. You got to quit buying money, borrowing money. You don't have any. You don't have yeah, any money. That's my point. You got to stop this. You can't. You can't talk about this is. This is okay. This is okay. This is not okay. It's killed you, man. I mean, you make good money and you got virtually no money. So, um, I mean, I'm not saying you're horrible, but you're a C minus student at this. This is not an A plus. You're not. You didn't flunk. You're not. You're not retiring it with Social Security only. That's flunking, right? But, uh, but you know, you, you got to lean into this. And, yeah, I'm with John. I, if I woke up in your shoes, what would I do? I'm about your age. I mean, I'm 63. So if I woke up in your shoes, I'd be driving a $10,000 truck. I'd be debt-free, and I'd have a game plan, knock that 136 out so fast it's unbelievable. Meanwhile, dumping everything else I can find into my 401K, getting, a, a, you know, Roth IRAs and load those puppies up. Because here's the thing. Seven years, it'll double. Whatever you're doing, whatever you got in your lump sum today, it'll double. If it's in good mutual funds, so that one ten that's there will be two, will be two twenty, and your house will be paid for. That's your two hundred fifty thousand I'm talking about. That's what you'll have. Uh, you might have a little bit more than that if you if you get aggressive on putting some in. You might have three hundred, but you could you could have six hundred. And we talked, and, and then you can buy a truck. We talked about this earlier. The confrontation will come, and this confrontation is going to be between you and math. It's coming. You can you can manage it on your terms right now. And make some sacrifices, some pretty hard sacrifices. Or you can just wait, and it will hit you at 88 in your award of the state. Yep. Ellen's with us in Atlanta. Hi, Ellen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Really appreciate your show. Sure. Um, I am uh, 63 years old. I'm single, and I am trying to decide whether to take out a loan on a house or townhouse or to buy. Uh, my net worth is about $4 million. Um, Why would you borrow money? <laughs> well, my financial advisor uh, advised me to do that. Oh, I, I would get a new financial advisor. Yeah, they're fired. Oh. Oh. <laughs> bye, Felicia. Okay. You, you, have, you have more money than he does. And how did you get there? How did you get there? Not by his advice. You got Uh, there by using your common sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and And your common sense is telling you to pay cash for this. Yeah, it is. And your financial advisor is confusing you. Yes, I'm very confused. Pay cash. Um, Okay. I'm interested even, how did he come to this? Oh, he wants her to invest the money with him. Yeah, he wants to hold on Um, to your money because if you buy a house with cash, he loses that investment money, right? So he has a financial interest in you not doing what's best for you. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in his argument. It's that she can make Um, more on the investment. He, um, that mortgage uh, mortgage rates are going to go down and there'll be um, more I guess more inventory on the housing market, so maybe prices will go down mm-hmm. within the year. Um, yeah, you, re- you so, really, you really need a new guy, hon. Okay. Okay. Because there's a, there's a housing shortage. We've got the lowest inventory in 15 years on the market right now. There's only a million properties on the market right now. There's usually three million on the market. So when you have that kind of a shortage. Prices don't go down 
they go up mm-hmm. anytime there's a shortage like that. So we're not going to see house prices go down, not substantially. They're probably going to go up about 7% in 23. That's what all the projections are. This guy is playing games with his math um, that's dangerous. And you need to trust you. You are wiser than he is. Trust your instincts. I would pay cash for it if I were in your shoes. And, of course, you called Dave Ramsey. You knew he was going to say that. So this is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's George. And Rachel. Now, we've been around the block a time or two when it comes to this money stuff. And one thing we've both learned is how important it is to have a budget. 100%, George. Now tell me, what's the bougiest thing you have in your every dollar budget? Oh, gosh, a thousand percent. It's our French Bulldogs. (laughs) They have their own budget line for their fancy, specialized veterinary brand kibble. Oh, my gosh. Yep. That's definitely bougie, but hey, that's the great thing about budgeting. It's how you prioritize the important things, because if George didn't budget, let's be honest, he'll probably end up wasting that kibble money on hair care products for himself. All right, shots fired. Well, how often would you spend your grocery money on those creepy thriller novels you love? (laughs) I know. Okay, fair. You got me. Well, guys, you can experience the same focus and freedom that comes with having a budget. Download our app every dollar and start budgeting today for free. It's the easiest way to create a plan for your spending. Click the link in the show notes and start budgeting today. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today and is with us in San Diego. Hi, Ann. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, Dr. John. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. I love all your answers today, especially the one about tithing. Oh, thank you. How can we help? So, yes. Okay, so I've got $350,000 in mutual funds, um, which generates a monthly income for me of about $2,000. And that $2,000 is about a third of my total income for the month. Um, my question to you is I've got a car loan out for it's $20,000 total. And I just was informed that we have to pay back our student loans, which will be about $25,000. How old are you? The question is, I'm 67. Okay. All right. So you're retired and this is your nest egg. Yes. And what is it invested in? Mutual funds. Okay, so they're making more than $2,400 a month, or $2,000 a month, was it? But you're just not taking all of it out. Right, exactly. Okay, good, good. Okay, so would I rather have $300,000 in no debt or $350,000 with debt? No, the question is, should I pay off the student loan and the car loan mm-hmm. with my mutual fund? Yes. Is that your so only? That is that your fun. only money? Is that three hundred and fifty thousand? Oh no, no, no. Oh, how much money elsewise do you have? Elsewise, I have a retirement. I have a pension and social security. Okay, the retirement is a nest egg, or what? It's a monthly income. Okay, so you have a bunch of monthly income, but in terms of money that you have in in actual savings of any kind, retirement or otherwise, this three fifty is it. Exactly. Yes. Gotcha. Your home is paid for. It is. Good for you. 
So you don't even need the income off of this. You could live off of the other streams of income, couldn't you? I could, but not as comfortably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. Right? All right. So I suspect that your decrease in what you would draw, if you were drawing on 300 rather than on 350, would be uh, less than the payments that you're going to pay off. So I would imagine you have a net gain. Right. So I'd pay it off today. With the mutual fund? Yes. That's going to reduce your income. It's going to reduce your income from the mutual fund, but it's also going to reduce your outgo for these two payments. Exactly, And and of course, your financial advisor said don't do this. (laughs) Yeah, he like shook his head. Of course he did. You know, he said like the market is like really volatile right now to me. Yeah, it's like like way up. Yes. (laughs) And listen, when it's way down, he's going to say it's really volatile. Just leave it to me. I'll take care of you. Yeah, exactly. If you pull this money out and pay your debt off, he's going to make less money. Let me me tell you something else that's going to happen, Ann. That's really hard to believe. Okay. You're going to feel physically different when you don't have any debt at all it's so weird yeah I, I it's hard to describe to people some people it's more dramatic than others it just depends on how much of a worrier you are the more of a worrier you are the more you'll feel it because mm-hmm. you know john always says your body keeps the score it, it's it's your you physically register the fact that you owe money and for the last three years... Even though you could pay it off tomorrow. You've been playing ping pong with the government on who's paying your loans back. You, them, them, you, you, them. How do you have a student loan at 67? What did you do? Yeah. What did you do? Did you go back to school like at 62? Oh, well, it's my daughter's... Oh, it's a parent plus? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense, uh, sort of. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, if I if I woke up in your shoes is the way I answer questions here, knowing what I know, and my net worth is greater than that of your financial advisor, um, and so, you know, there's a lot of ways we can measure expertise in this area if you want, but that's one of them. Um, I would pay. I would pay to. Uh, I mean, I'd pay that loans off today, and take a little bit smaller draw, but you would have a smaller outgo. And you'll still have approximately the same net cash flow in your budget. Maybe a little bit better net cash flow in your budget from doing this. So it won't affect your life except that you're not going to owe anybody. And you're done. And very few people become wealthy using borrowed money to do it. Most people become wealthy using cash flow. And so you're not, you're not adding to your wealth by holding these debts. Dave, I'm going to start getting all worked up. That's the second caller today that has called and In said, this hour. In this hour that has a financial advisor doing something against their best interest to their client. Yeah, it. there's two types of people, though, there, honestly, like there isn't a lot of things. Number one, there's financial advisors that um, are straight up just doing it because they make more money. You know, just a straight up ethics issue, as far as you and I are concerned, against their best interest. The second thing is, is they just honestly disagree. Mm. They would go borrow on a car to put money in mutual funds. They really believe that. Or they would go borrow on your house to put money in mutual funds. They really believe that. They're wrong, but they really believe it. Mm. And so my contention is, is you actually get screwed more often by enthusiastic ignoramuses 
than by they con, truly by, evil by con people. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. There's more enthusiastic ignoramuses out there than, uh, I, than there been, is con I've been artists. one for a long time. Yeah, so. I've, I've been one. Yeah. I've never been a con artist. Right. I've never purposefully, with evil and malevolence, just taken uh, you know, the idea I'm going to steal from somebody or I'm going to hurt somebody so that I get gain. I have never done that in my life ever. I don't, not a single time, but I have enthusiastically endorsed some absolutely ridiculous things. Me too. Yep. Not for the last 30 years, <laughs> but, uh, but prior to that, man, I got a PhD in stupid. Yeah. I have, I can tell you story after story of stupid, but stuff I've told people to do, help them do it, encourage them to do it forcefully and passionately argued stupidity. I have done that. Oh my God, I've done that. When I wore a younger man's clothes, but yeah, no, it sounds a lot like uh, when you convinced me to jump out of an airplane with you too. <laughs> you lived and you got a great story. No I whining. Great story. No That's whining. Pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty awesome. And it was um, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We need to do it again. It's about time. But um, I, I think. <laughs> but, this is also, um, I do, hey, I'll, I would do it tomorrow. Uh, you, you got me hooked. But I do think it's important for people to remember. If you've amassed wealth and you've done well for yourself and you've got somebody saying, hey, this is the right way, it reminds me of there's there's a great documentary out where there's a bunch of grandmothers and they're sitting there talking about margarine. And they said, everyone told us that margarine was better for us than just pure butter. And they started trying to get this margarine out of the tubs with like a spatula. And they, to a person said, we knew it in our bones. This wasn't right. But they told us, and so we just went with it, and it wasn't good. And so it's very similar. If your guts tell you this is wrong, let's do something else. Which, by the way, margarine is colored lard. Ugh. Just in case you're wondering. Go with uh, it. Just go with it. With a side of chemicals. Yeah, Yeah. eat butter. This is why when you get real butter at a gourmet (laughs) restaurant, your brain freaks out. (laughs) It lights up like a Christmas tree. Because you've been eating colored lard. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that that's the truth. We did. We grew up on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the things we were told, um, these preservatives keep the food from going bad. They're so good for you. But they destroy your body. You grew up in the, uh, in the menthol tab margarine era, the golden era of American nutrition. I grew up where every adult in my life could cuss the highway patrolman with a cigarette hanging out of their mouth and never leave their mouth. <laughs> that's where I grew up. That, you know, the, there's so much nicotine in the house, it was running down the walls. Ugh. And uh, smoking sections in uh, on the plane are my favorite memory. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. As if it wouldn't run its way down this hollow <laughs> aluminum tube and the whole place fill up with smoke. As if the smoke would obey the little sign that said smoking section. They had if them only, in restaurants. Then they had them in restaurants, too. If only they'd had someone tell them to wear masks, they would have been much safer. You know, who, who would think of that? I don't know. Fauci. <laughs> oh, who knew? Before that was before America got Fauci'd. Yeah, this is the Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. I'm Dave Ramsey, George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of the Smart Money Happy Hour, and uh, recently back from Chicago with all of us. Uh, we just finished up doing a smart conference there. A lot of fun, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us up there. We'll be letting you know when other things are happening around here that you can join into. Meantime, the phone number here is 888-825-5225. Kyle is in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. 
Hey, Dave. Hey, George. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So uh, I've been a fan of the show for about two months. <laughs> my wife got me hooked on the show. I've been listening ever since. Thank you. I just gra- just graduated from uh, graduate school. Um, got my degree in uh, nurse anesthesia, so I'm a certified Great. registered nurse anesthetist. Yeah, wonderful field. And so you got the new job yet? I just got a new job. Still Make, waiting what are you making? Three hundred. Um, I'm starting at two twenty. Yeah, very good. Good for you. Awesome. Proud of you. So my my uh, my debt. You know, all I have as far as debt is my student loans, which is actually two hundred and twenty thousand. Wow. Which was what it was to go through graduate school to do anesthesia. So my question is, I just you know I'm not haven't been good at managing money. You know, fortunately, I'll have a student loans, but I'm like, what do I do? Like, what's my next step in life? Do I, you know, do I get into a house? Do no. I, you know, throw everything in my debt to get out of debt? Yes. Like, what do I do from here? You're going to keep living how you've been living. What's the most you're making the past few years? Um, so again, how much am I making? How much yeah. did you make before this? Oh, so before I started the anesthesia school, I was working as a nurse. And I was making about 22 bucks an hour. Yeah. So can you keep living as if you're making 22 bucks an hour and throw the rest of it at your debt? Probably. Not <laughs> that's probably. The, that's you the can. hardest part. Because right now you graduated, you get the big boy job. Everyone's going, dude, you're making the big bucks. How are you still driving that beater car? It's, yeah, it's not Why a don't you have a house of, yet? You know, it's not a question of can right. you. It's a question of will you. Yeah. See, that's where my so I'm married. I have two young children. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you you got all this money. My mother-in-law's like, you should, you can afford that. There's a lot of broke people now speaking in now that you hit the lottery. <laughs> you know, I spoke to a financial advisor briefly, and she's like, oh, no, you know, start saving for retirement and mm-hmm. put money here, put money here. I'm like, I got, you know, I've almost got a quarter of a million dollars in student loans. Like, Yeah, what does your wife make? First? So she's a... Uh, but, you know, she went to school for interior design. She's staying home now with the kids. So we just have the one income. Oh, okay. All right. So you make $220,000 a year. And if you were to live on 60000 you would be debt-free in 18 months. And you have the rest of your life okay. to make a quarter of a million to $300,000 a year with no payments in the world. And you will become very wealthy. And you have a different financial advisor. And then your relatives will be asking you what to do instead of telling you what to do with money because you will not be a broke version of them. Okay. The other the other aspect, too, is, you know, I'm a 1099 contractor with a hospital. And that, you know, is throwing me off, too. I'm like, well, now i got to, you know, i got to pay all my own taxes and buy health insurance and you know, all this other stuff that's... Whoopee, so you make $220,000 a year. Just set your taxes aside. Go buy some okay. health insurance. And so oh, by the way, you can actually pick up overtime, too. Yeah. Got you can work 10, on the weekends in ER, off. can't you? Um, I, I can't actually, but I got, you know, part of my contract gives me 10 weeks of vacation a year, which I could maybe use, you know, to find employment on those weeks off. Not maybe. You're $220,000 in debt. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're in my position, throw everything at debt, then? So, yeah, that's what I've been saying for the last five minutes. The, um, okay. the, uh, uh, the way I'm answering this is if I were in your shoes, here's what I would be thinking. Okay. 
as far as I'm concerned, here's what I think you did. Maybe you didn't, but I think you said, I'm a nurse. If I was in anesthesiology as a nurse, I could make three times more than I make now or four times more than I make now or even five times more than I make now. I'm going to go get this degree so that I can make a lot more money so that I can have a lot more money at the end of the story and have my, a better life for my family during the story. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. Then for God's sakes, go get rid of the debt so you can have a lot more money. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah. And get a different financial advisor. This one's a goob. (laughs) And talk to him when you're ready. Right now, you don't need one. You just need Dave telling you. You don't need to talk to that one ever again. That that one's not got us, you know, stay in $220,000 worth. If you have a financial advisor that says stay in $220,000 worth of student loan debt, run out of their office like your hair is on fire. My God. That's just dumb. But what what do you think they're going to say? They want you to invest with them so they can put food on the table. They're not going to be helping you getting out of debt. That's what you call this show for. Let's just um, do a little sidebar here for a second. Your financial advisor's job is not to tell you what to do. If they think it is, get you a different one. 85% of the people in the financial world, whether they're insurance or mortgage or uh, brokers or planners or whatever, are salespeople. 15% 15% of them are teachers. Now, I made that number up, but it's pretty close. You want one that has the heart of a teacher, not the heart of a salesman. You've got one, Kyle, that has the heart of a salesman. Do what I do because I have three letters after my name. Let me tell you, I got a whole bunch of freaking letters after my name, and one of them is a Ph.D. in D-U-M-B. So, uh, which qualifies me infinitely more than them. Plus I have all the degrees that they've got most of them. Anyway, um, I don't have my CFP, my certified financial, financial Pharisee. Um, I don't <laughs> I have heard that, that one. one, but yeah, but anyway, yeah, it's not, not all of them are Pharisees. Some of them are really good folk, but anyway, you want a financial person, whoever it is in any category to have the heart of a teacher. Their job is not to tell you what to do. Their job is to teach you, and then you can decide what to do. And this stuff is not that complicated. You can do it. Well, people call the show and they say, well, Dave, my financial advisor, they made me, they didn't make you do anything. You chose, and you didn't speak up. And so that's what we're wanting you to do yeah. here is get yourself educated. You make the decisions. <sighs> but Kyle, excellent career choice. Phenomenal. Go make a big pile of money for you and your family. And the first order of business is get this mess cleaned up. The second order of business is start to build some wealth. The third order of business is get your house paid off. This is what we want you to do for your sake. By the way, we didn't charge you anything for this, and we don't need anything from you. We just love you, and we want you to win. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, Ramsey Podcast listeners, if you love the show and want to take a deeper dive, check out our free weekly email newsletter. It's full of trending, helpful articles and tips to keep you motivated to win with your money, relationships, and career. From the best side hustles to how to make friends as an adult, get what you need to thrive delivered straight to your inbox. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter today to sign up. That's RamseySolutions.com slash newsletter. 
George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Nick Murray published this essay in a uh, financial planning uh, periodical that I got a hold of this week. One of my buddies sent it to me in the business. It's very well done, and he's kind of he's kind of a snarky like you, George. That's why I like him. I so, like just reading this article. Yeah, the persistent illusion of gold. This is good. Yeah. Right. For the second, for the record, the subtitle of the Wall Street Journal piece is "Swings in Stocks and Bonds Have Boosted the Metals' Popularity with Ordinary Investments." The statistic at the heart of the article is the percentage of Americans who believe gold is the best long-term investment jumped to 26% this year from 15% in 2022, according to a Gallup report from May. Wow. In contrast, those preferring stocks dropped to 18% from 24% last year, while those favoring bonds climbed to 7% from 4%. This happens quite reliably every time there's a bear market in stocks. Ordinary investors are always recalibrating their preferences in the rearview mirror. My, which is wrong. My major purpose in this little essay is to parse through the pathology, which persists in the illusion, not just that gold is an efficient inflation hedge, but that it's somehow preferable to holding a broadly diversified portfolio of high quality common stocks like a mutual fund for the long term. First, let's get our terminology straight. Gold is not in any accepted sense an investment at all. That is, it does not produce anything. It just sits there. Gold's sole financial function is as an inflation hedge. The question then becomes, how's that working out? In August of 71, the price of gold was arbitrarily fixed at $35,000 an ounce. $35 an ounce. By January of 80, the last time ordinary investors went totally gaga over it, gold had reached $800 an ounce. Thus, if you bought an ounce of gold nearly 44 years ago at $800, you now own an ounce of gold that is, at this writing, worth $1,965. That's up about two and a half times, having produced in the interim neither dividends nor interest nor anything else. It now becomes my painful duty to disclose to you that the consumer price index in January of 80 stood at 78. In July of this year, it was 306, just shy of four times, which means that to have kept up with inflation, your $800 gold ounce would have to be valued at 3200 but it isn't. It's at 1900 Oof. not even close. So not much of an inflation hedge. Uh, wait, it gets worse. The Standard & Poor 500 stock index, the end of January 80, was 115. Uh, as of right now, it's in the 4490. And uh, that's right, while the price of gold was rising two and a half times, the S&P 500 went up 39 times. Not Ouch. counting dividends, which at the risk of repeating oneself, gold does not pay. With reinvested dividends and assuming you paid taxes from another source, $800 invested in the S&P in January. Uh of 1980 left to compound would currently be worth $95,000, not $1,900. There's Ouch. the difference in mutual funds and gold. Mic drop. You can't even argue with that. I mean, the guy just laid it out so beautifully. Boom. In your face. Boom. So I read somewhere that gold is actually a pretty effective inflation hedge over extremely long periods, perhaps a century or more. Not true either, by the way. If you go back and pull gold since the 1800s, it has an average annual of about 2.2%, where the S&P has an average annual of about 11.8%. How is that an inflation hedge? It's not. It's mythology. It, it's, gold has the mysterious ability to make people look like idiots. It really, it's mysterious. 
I mean, they make they they say things that are just blatantly not factual, and believe things that are blatantly not factual because it is a shiny rock. Mm. I do not understand. But I'll tell you what, from 1980 to today, you could put $800 in and you'd have 95000 or you could put $800 in gold and you'd have $1,900. Ouch. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could just be doing the math on that going, well, Dave, I just I sleep better at night knowing I got gold in case the economy crashes. Well, I got 1900 instead of 95000 I'll help you with your sleep. We've played this game because we've played it out of what happens. Let's see that every company goes to zero. That's what would have to happen for the stock market to go to zero. Every company goes bankrupt. You have your gold bars. If the stock market had grown from 800 to 1900 since 1980, the American economy would have collapsed. Yeah. Would have collapsed. Because that would have meant that that the typical company is losing money. That the average is that horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, for the stock market to be that anemic, the economy would have to be that anemic. And it would just be, I mean, I don't know if our society would have survived if the stock market had done the same rates of return that gold had done. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, you would have had to make nothing on your, I mean, jeez. Like, yeah. So these people are scared of the stock market. Hey, if this collapses, I'll have my gold bars and it'll somehow keep its value in these dark times. But they've lost so much money, that, and it hasn't even kept up with inflation, that I'm going, I'll be way better off than you just haven't been the tortoise over here investing in the stock market for 30, 40 years. Yeah. Well, it's about as dumb as the guy called me up and said, you know, I got $400,000. I buried it in coffee cans in my backyard. That's an inflation hedge, Dave. Uh, no, it's paper money and buried in the ground. This is not going to go well, buddy. Uh, we're talking insects, we're talking dampness, we're talking, oh, well, I sealed the car. I don't care. Well, even if the you money You buried is... it in the ground. Do you not know those things rust? Um, and now, what happens when you die? Your, relative, your, your hillbilly relatives are out there with their metal detectors? I would I make mean, that a reality show. I'd watch that on HGTV. That's about as dumb. Wow. You know? Well, and your $40,000, 40 years later, having sit in the ground, ain't worth $40,000. Oh, it's four hundred. Oh my gosh. So I told him you're losing forty thousand dollars a year. It'd been ten years. I said, You've lost you you know, you've lost four hundred thousand dollars. What do you mean? I didn't I don't I didn't lose it. I know where it is. No, you lost what you could have made another four hundred thousand dollars in ten years on this. Millions. And meanwhile it's sitting back there doing absolutely nothing. Your eight hundred could have become ninety five, but you put it in gold and it became ninety five thousand and you put it in gold, it became nineteen hundred. Nick, you did a good job with this article. I don't know you personally. I uh, hope we get to meet someday. But your analysis uh, and your critical thinking skills are dead on. Um, yeah, the, the, it is not proper to say that gold or any other commodity is an investment. It is a speculation, but it's not an investment. It reminds me of crypto. Investments, investments have a an income that they produce. They have something going along with them. Even real estate, when you buy it and it doesn't have an income associated with it, all you're looking for is the increase in value. Now you're speculating rather than investing. Mm. You know, that speculators lose money. Investors make money. Well, over the years as you've been doing this, Dave, most people are drawn to this out of fear. Or which greed. is usually or not greed. a great reason to do anything financially, fear or greed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, 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 it's not. I mean, right after I get afraid, I get stupid. Because I'm in freak out mode, 
and my critical thinking skills shut down. I'm in the middle of a trauma experience. Well, and usually I saw a headline of some guy yelling at them, go buy gold, it's all coming down, guys. Go buy gold and silver, you'll be okay. And uh, it doesn't work out like that. Yeah. And if all goes down, we're not going to be looking for gold. I'm not going to be looking to trade Dave Ramsey for gold. I need food, bullets, shelter, water, ammo. Yep. Bullets, bullets and ammo, both. Both of those. <laughs> well, Dave. You're loading I'm, up over here, George. I'm going to Dave's compound <laughs> if it all goes down. So I'm okay. You guys fend for yourselves. Yeah. So Nick Murray uh, that did this essay is quoting from the August 7th uh, online edition of the Wall Street Journal. The article that he was uh, picking apart was titled, When Markets Get Scary, Mom and Pop Buy Gold. Uh, so not mom and pop that want to be wealthy. If you want to build wealth, uh, typically what we find is people buy real estate and they buy mutual funds. And they pay cash for their real estate, no debt. These are the typical paths that we find among millionaires. We don't find millionaires that say, I got rich buying gold. And now we know why, because 800 in 1980 turned into 1900 today. And what is that, 50 years, 40 years later, 45 years later? Wow. In 45 years, you doubled your money, barely. Well, don't dance in the street over that. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're people you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. That's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour on the Ramsey Network's podcast. Fabulously popular along with his blasting off new YouTube channel. George Camel with a K. Look it up. He's my co-host today. George is also going to be working with the Every Dollar team and hosting a free live virtual training on budgeting tomorrow, September 19th at 11.30 in the morning, Central Time. George, this is going to be good. I love it. And what I love to do is show people what the budget can do for you, how it can create that margin so that you can hit those goals, get out of debt. And we're going to walk you through it using our tool, and it's going to be a good time. So join us, everydollar.com slash budgeting to sign up. It's completely free. Yeah, here's the deal. John Maxwell says, that a budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. Give every dollar a name is what we say. Every dollar an assignment. That's how we named the world's best budgeting app, Every Dollar. It's completely free for this training. It's a Zoom training, not a Zoom training, it's a webinar that George is doing. Free live virtual training. George Camel, 1130 a.m., September 19th, tomorrow for most of you. Check it out, everydollar.com slash budgeting. We'll be doing a few more of these, too, so be watching that particular site, and it'll tell you what's going on. Dennis and Shelby are in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Hey, guys, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Thank where you. you got, where are you guys from? Washington State. All right. Welcome. T Tacoma, specifically. Tacoma. Tacoma. Good. Welcome to Nashville. How much Thank debt you. have you paid? 325000 All right. And how long did that take? Seven years. Seven years. Good. And your range of income during that time? Start, 
starting at 100,000 together, mm-hmm. and then it dropped because of COVID to about 75. Mm-hmm. It has come back up to about 85. But Ooh. now we're both retired. Oh, wow. Oh. Very good. Yeah. What were your careers? Go ahead. Um, I work with uh, uh, Armored Car Company. Okay. Yeah. She counts about 300,000 a day. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I, uh, I have been driving. Uh-huh. And, uh, what was your career tr- before you retired? My career before yeah. I retired was a uh, post office, worked at the post office. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Good for y'all. So 325 over seven years. I'm guessing this is the house. That's right. Yes. You paid off your ass. Yes. And a car. Weird people. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Completely 100% dead free. That's right. Completely. How long yeah. have y'all been married? Seven years. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So seven years ago is when this started. So we yes. get married. We go, okay, knocking out the car and knocking out the house. Tell yes. us the story. What happened? I was debt-free prior to this, but when I met my wife, I said, are you willing to go to uh, Financial Peace University? And she said? Absolutely. So uh, so we both went, and she got on board with me. And uh, two months after we were married, I said, why don't we see if we can pay off your credit card? Mm-hmm. She, she <laughs> said. I said, okay. And so uh, in her little savings account of five dollars you got to start somewhere right Mm five dollars and i said if we pay off your credit card i want you to make sure to put the interest that you would have been sending to them Mm -hmm. in the bank Mm -hmm. and watch it grow so after about two months she saw it grow and then we did the same thing with her car ah very good you're a great coach you got her excited and motivated about this not only that but she excited me because every month she says we got a bill let's get it paid so wow. we just paid it. Well, and the fact that you were so willing, Shelby, is amazing. Yes. Yeah. You know, honestly, I wish I had done this in my 20s. It's just so relieving. Yeah. 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 Now you don't have a payment in the world. How no. Nothing. Anything. Yes. How does that feel? It's now, now amazing. We can, now we can give more, too. Yeah. And Yes. Giving has just become such a joy. Yeah. Wow. So was this a carrot you dangled to say, hey, we're going to retire once the house is paid off? How did that work? Basically, my goal was to make sure the house was paid off before I retired. Mm-hmm. And we got that done in April. Wow. And then yes. and then you just call it. Yeah. Good for y'all. Yeah. Yep. Well done. Very well done. All right. Now that you have done it, house and everything. Okay. Wait a minute. How old are y'all? 65. Mm-hmm. And I'm 69. Okay. And so you started this at 62 and 58. Yes. That's right. Okay. So any of you listening, is it too late, Dave? Nope, nope. Not too late. Dennis and Shelby did it, and they got a really bright future That's financially. Right. I mean, you got you can do anything you want to do now. Uh, so what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Go ahead. Just pick, use, take, use the snowball effect is the first thing mm-hmm. that is the best way. Mm-hmm. You know, all the tools that you taught us, the mm-hmm. envelopes, staying at home, not eating out, just mm-hmm. go ver- need versus want everything eating out eating out is the most detrimental thing you can do to your budget Mm. in my estimation yeah we don't eat out and this trip has been horrible because (laughs) we've had to eat out every day (laughs) oh darn (laughs) it's not her cooking (laughs) well i'll go along with that okay i'm going home to dinner tonight and it'll be sharing cooking so there you go (laughs) so what's the house worth House, oh, what is our house worth? Yeah. Uh, pushing uh, 850000 wow. Oh, wow. wow. So you guys are probably with investments and everything millionaires then. Yes, we are. Baby steps millionaires. That's yep. right. Way you to go. It. You got it. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yep. Seven years. I like it. What a great plan, you guys. What a great plan. Who was cheering you on as you're doing all this? 
I was cheering her on. She was cheering me on. I don't know that we had anybody else that's really on board, you know, part of the family or anything. So, yeah, uh, actually listening to your show and, and you guys are cheering us on every day. Wow. The surprising That's thing incredible. is that we told everybody what you taught us. Wow. Everybody yeah. that would listen. Wow. And what did they say? They were, you know, they're always a little skeptical, but yeah, man. we're trying to get our, t- our kids to do it. Everything. Yeah. They'll yeah. get on board eventually. I like it. Yeah. Good when the student is ready, the teacher sure. appears. Hey, you know, I and ju- you'll I, be there. I just praise God for the opportunity. All right. Way to go, guys. We're proud of you. There you go. Way to go, hero. Millionaires and retired seven years after being married in your 60s. Paid for house and everything. This is what it's about. Well done. You have set yourself up to enjoy this. Well done. Thank you. We've got uh, the Live and Give box for you to celebrate you being here. That's the Baby Steps Millionaires book, the Total Money Makeover book, and a Financial Peace University membership. You can use those or give them away. Your choice, whatever you want to do, for you you. to live or you to give, whatever you want to do. People buy that box all the time just for that, to use some of it and give some of it. So very cool. Congratulations, you two. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Dennis and Shelby, Tacoma, Washington, 325,000 paid off. House and everything. They did that in seven years. Seven years after they got married in their 60s at 58, uh, plus seven is where we are today. 100,000 down to 75, down to 85 after retirement, set and pretty for the rest of their lives. Excellent, yep. excellent work. All right, Dennis and Shelby, Tacoma, Washington, count it down. Let's hear a debt free scream. Three, two, two one. We're, We're debt free. Yeah. way to go you guys way to go man you know we get the uh 22 year olds in here but getting the 65 and 67 year old in here with a paid for house doing it in the last seven years is very impressive that's just as rewarding it's a great reminder it's not one we see that often but it's just proof it can be done yeah people in their 40s 50s 60s they went i dave i made my mistakes it's too late for me but maybe my kids can do better and they went What's well, not too late? They're like, hold my beer. No, I got this. We I can, can do it. retire with dignity if we just sacrifice for seven years and we're going to have a great next 20, 30 years of retirement. I'll take that. Yeah. Well, they set up this next chapter of their lives from 58 on, from 62 or from 60 years or uh, 62 on. Mm. You say 69 or 67. I got, got confused, but either way. Yep. 69. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 62 and 58 starting point. Wow. And you go, okay. We're gonna lean. We're gonna lean into this. Both of them are in agreement, and uh, you could just see there they are in sync. Well, you guys are listening and not watching. You didn't see it, but you can see in their body language that they're in sync. Mm. They're they're in, they're in agreement. And it's such a joy and peace. I don't know. If there's been a study done, but I wonder if you did a study on those who retire with no debt, do they live longer? Do they have a higher quality of life? Hmm. My gut says yes. When well, you, you see that kind so. of peace, now stress registers in your body. I mean. You know, financial stress, it has to, you know, yeah. it has to have a medical effect. And just their, um, their optimism. Yeah. They're hopeful. I've never seen, I've never seen the study, but maybe we, maybe we ought to commission one. There's an idea. There we go. Be like the millionaire study. Make everybody mad. <laughs> this is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 14, 15, the simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. 
Jack Canfield said, I believe that people make their own luck by great preparation and good strategy. Austin is in Charleston, West Virginia. Hi, Austin. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, recently, my father passed away and uh, oh my. Left, me, left me $400,000, and I don't know what in the world to do with it. And I don't want to bury it in the backyard and wait for inflation, you know? I hear you. I'm sorry. What happened to him? Uh, it was an uh, uh, uncurable illness. So. I'm sorry. How, how, how old was he? Uh, in his 50s. My goodness. How old are you? I'm 29. Okay. All right. How Four. long ago was this? Uh, 11 months. Okay. Wow, 400 grand. Um, well, we always follow a process around here because we truly uh, have proven that it's the shortest right way to become wealthy. The process we use is called the baby steps. And so we would take the 400,000 and begin to work up through those. Uh, what personal debts do you have, not counting your house? Uh, no debts. Uh, me and my wife both have no student debts. We both own our vehicles. Okay. Do you, do you own a home? We, uh, yes, we own a home. Does it have uh, a mortgage? We, t- we do. Um, $220,000 left on the mortgage. Um, okay. But uh, this is where I'm kind of in a pickle with um, maybe that decision of paying it towards the house is we have a kind of a crazy rate for a mortgage and it's 2.3%. And, uh, I'm curious, or maybe you're the thought of, would that money be better invested and make more money than the money I would lose on paying it down on the house? Um, well, the number, when we studied 10,000 millionaires, the number of them that borrowed on their home in order to invest the money and make the spread in order to become wealthy, the number of them that did that was well less than 5%. 95% did not follow that path. That's real millionaires, not somebody with a theory on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, between myself, um, I make $200,000 a year sitting at home coding and my wife is a pharmacist, um, but she's currently being a stay-at-home mom with our newborn. Mm-hmm. So um, I know there's money that come down the line. So, you know, I'm well, sorry, what does that have, mean? Uh, what does that mean? Well, I I know we're not going to be making, we're going to, we have the potential to make a lot of money uh, whenever she starts working oh i see Um, i see so your income when she re-engages her career your income's gonna be crazy yeah i got you yes it's it's great now it's great now but it'll be crazy then yeah so what would dave and sharon ramsey do what would george and whitney camel do we would pay off your house today we would invest uh the house payment plus a thousand dollars a month in a separate mutual fund just so you can see how fast paid off house becomes a million dollars Okay. If I, I did that yeah. when I paid mine off, I just, I wanted to see how quick it happened. It was blindingly fast. I took my old house payment and added a little bit to it and rounded it up. And, you know, it was like 2,500 bucks or something. How fast that money alone became a house, that house payment became a million dollars is crazy. And then, and then of course you got, in addition to that, you got another $180,000 or so that you can invest and with no house payment at all. And, and your house payment plus some being invested, dude. 
Yeah, You're be in great shape. The truth is the spread is just not worth an ounce of your brain calorie. You have an incredible income. You're about to be completely debt-free. If you even invest 20%, 25% of your income for the rest of your life, you're going to be multi, multi, multi-millionaires. Yeah. Absolutely. With freedom in the meantime, with no mortgage payment. So what's your house worth? Um, since we purchased it, um, it is now worth $330,000. Okay. All right, and and so basically, you got four hundred thousand um, dollars with a paid for house, and with a hundred and seventy, hundred eighty thousand in the account. Okay, and you're twenty nine, so at thirty six, that'll be worth eight hundred. At forty three, that'll be worth one point six. This is if you add nothing to it. At fifty, it'll be worth three point two. At fifty seven, it'll be worth six point four. And at 64, it'll be worth $12.8 million. That's what $400,000 will be worth. It'll double about every seven years if it's invested making around 10% or so. And you've got it in real estate and you've got it in good mutual funds. That's where you should be. So if you don't do anything right after this, as long as you avoid debt and um, not not even invest more, you're going to end up with $10 million at retirement. Jeez. Yeah, that's how smart this is. And during all of that, you have zero financial stress. Yeah, uh, that's what, um, you know, even before getting this money, you know, we were, my wife and I were following your steps and, you know, we started with building that emergency fund once that was done, starting. Oh, you're on the track then, yeah. Like that. Yeah, uh, so both of us have Roth IRAs and 401ks, and our Good. emergency fund is beautiful. And I didn't even count that. Going, I didn't know you had that. <laughs> but uh, everything is going great, and with our new with our new son, that's another thing. Um, should I do anything with that money for my son? I know you are. You're building did, wealth. Ah, well, well, your dad well, did. Your dad did something for his son. He left him four hundred grand. That's very true. It doesn't have to be in your name. I, I hate to go back to advisors, but uh, you know they always say start like a college fund, the five twenty nine. Yeah, but that's fine. Nowadays, well, nowadays college is getting more expensive, and nowadays you don't need a college degree to actually make money. So yeah, you you didn't in your world, but yeah. Better? But yeah, I, I would I would have some money set aside for uh, I would start putting some money into a, a five twenty nine. You don't have to overfund it because you're going to have such a pile of money. You're going to be able to just write a check when they go to school. But having some of it in a five twenty nine is not a bad thing. And uh, education is not a bad thing. Knowledge is a good thing. It's when you do it knowledge in a stupid way that it's a bad thing. When you pay for the famous school or you pay for a useless degree. That that's or you think a degree is what makes you successful. Knowledge is what makes you successful. Knowledge is the currency, and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, these kids are going to school debt free, and if you have a paid for house and you're making two hundred plus, they're gonna be okay. You could cash flow the difference if they don't have enough in their college account, and so that's the value of following these principles. Yeah. You're not even if your wife wants to stay at home forever, you don't even blink. You go, eh, we get to have a payment. Yeah, go for it. But I mean, if she's making. If you guys are making three fifty and you continue to invest and you do what we just talked about and you stay out of debt and you live reasonably and generously, you, you should have between ten and twenty million dollars at sixty five years old. 
I mean, there's no reason you shouldn't have. Yeah, the trick is And if I'm not half wrong, shut up. Still a good life. Oh, my gosh. Really? And, and um, you know, we will credit your dad with a lot of that. Because that $400,000 mathematical jump start, yeah, you will be one of the few millionaires that became a millionaire because of inheritance. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're probably almost there now. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's okay. I don't care where the money came from. I care how you use it. And what your next steps are. That's the whole thing. The hardest part is ignoring all of his friends, family, advisors who are going to tell him to do something insane. And stay off social media. And TikTok. Yeah. I mean, we're on TikTok just because we got disgusted with how bad it is over there. I'm trying to displace the filth. we want to put something good out there. Yeah, George is displacing the toxicity, the nuclear waste. I'm only one man, but I'm a lot of man, Dave. (laughs) That's what I'm told. You are a serious TikToker. Dave couldn't even hold a straight face while I said I'm a lot of man. (laughs) I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about anybody on TikTok saying that. That's what I'm thinking about. That's fair. (laughs) It's hard to call yourself a TikToker and also say I'm a lot of man. Yeah, those things don't go in the same sentence. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> There's so many places I can go. That's one way to end a show. Just not going to. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's George Camel. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.